Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from one of our Kingdom Conferences. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for all the fun you're releasing. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're releasing, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your angels here. We just get right where they are at, Lord. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Show. Praise you, Jesus. It's a fun adventure in the spirit. Where are we going? Where are we going? What's God doing? Where are we going? It don't matter. <laughs> We're on a good ride. We're on a ride. We're enjoying, enjoying the ride with who we're with. Sometimes prophetic people are all about where are we going? Where is the destination? Where is it? I see this. I see this. We've got to learn to just enjoy the ride with the people that we're with. Enjoy who you're with. Enjoy your family. Enjoy friends around you. Settle back into, because as, as, as prophetic people, we push into something. Part of the prophetic and the prophet's mandate for the body of Christ is to help us to see where things are going. But then we have to brace where we're at. We have to get good at embracing where we're at. Where is God taking us? Or else we get discontent. If you're struggling with your uh, where you're at, your job, who you're with, if you're not content with who you're with, it's a contentment issue. You have to learn to be content, settle. What do I have? Thank you, Lord, for what do I have? What I have. Thanks for what I have. Because yes. you get out there. I live in, we live in Orange County where it's, it's the land of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, and like a 70% divorce rate there because there's this push for more. There's an entrepreneur spirit there, which is, there's a grace there. That entrepreneur spirit is, a, is an advancing spirit. It's, it's similar to the prophetic spirit because it, entrepreneurs are seers. They see what, an idea, some, you know, something that they want, and they push it, the same thing. They're going, they're going, they're accomplishing, they're taking territory, they're expanding business, and, but the fight in there is to be content with what you have. There's a poverty spirit in Orange County just as much as there's a poverty spirit in third world countries. I've, I've been in, you know, nation, I've been like Singapore, 30% of their, uh, the people in their country are millionaires. So I've been in that level of wealth. I've been in the Philippines and other places like that, third world uh, poverty and people that have running water coming through their house and tin roof that's falling off and just just all sorts of terrible stuff in both body because of just the the mold and the sickness and everything and it's like poverty's in both poverty says there's never enough so you can have millions and it's not enough you can have very little and be content it's not about how much i've been in both seasons paul says i've learned the secret of both seasons the much or the little the Lord, for a few years ago, said, Keith, you have learned how to be in the season of little. Now I want to teach you about the season of much. The church is comfortable with the season of little. 
kind of rides on us feeling good about ourselves and spiritual and bless you, brother. You got nothing? Bless you. You, you, you. There's a holiness there. There's a purity there. How about you have some stuff and then try to still walk with God? Some of us are so afraid that the stuff will get us. Let me just say this. Who's ruling our nation? People with money. Money is what shifts things. And us as the church are not comfortable with money. We're not even in the game. We're not even in the game because we are too afraid that we're going to be defiled by money. Every time I start working with business leaders, um, well, when I first started working with, but even, even over the last few years is working with business leaders and working with people that have companies and, and kind, of moving, kind of moving towards that you know, journey as the Lord began to take me there, I'd hear little things from people that care about me. Just relatives, little distant relatives and little friends. Make sure, Keith, that you don't get defiled by the money. Make sure you don't get corrupted by the money. It's always got to have a little bit of a crackle on it. Make sure. Because it, it, just, it just puts a little bit more fear in there. Yeah, I could fall. Oh. I've tried it without. There's just as many ditches without. You covet for people that have money. Or you shoot them. <laughs> and maybe Texas, you literally shoot them. I don't know. <laughs> you shoot them with your words. Oh, those rich people. Oh, those people are just this and that. That's a poverty spirit. You don't value yourself. If you shoot people that have money, you will never have money. You will never be around people that have money. Because people that have money are actually no more Spiritual or unspiritual is people that don't have any money. I've seen very pure, spiritual, set-apart, radical people for Jesus that have plenty of money. I've seen plenty of people that don't have money that are in the church. And I'm like, I would pick someone with money over the grumpiness of that person that don't have anything. I lived that way for a long time. It's a vow of poverty. I'm a third-generation pastor. I thought that was our, our high bar for, for dollars was God rescuing us in the last moment. That's always the high bar of testimony that was championed in the church. Yeah, we built it into our vows when we got married. If we're rich and when we're poor. <laughs> that was a part of our vows. Heather and I were saying it to each other. I had to repent for that. Wow, it got quiet in here. <laughs> We'd have these declarations in church, you know, and God, you want to bless us, and thank you, Lord, for checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, and everyone's like, gifts and surprises, checks in the mail. And then it comes to the part, jobs and greater jobs, and it's very silent on that one. <laughs> Poverty wants to be rescued. When you have a poverty spirit, you don't value yourself. So you want someone else to rescue you. You're just looking for someone else to rescue you. And 
if you jump through all the hoops of someone that maybe promises you something, then you are a servant to them. You're a servant to the lender. And you get bitter if you don't get it or if you don't get it the right way. And let me tell you, when you're a servant to that, you're never going to be happy. To that boss, even in the church, to that position that you're looking for, if I can only serve enough to get to this position. Poverty has a lot of offense around it. So how do you know you have a poverty spirit? You're easily offended. If you're offended easily, you have a poverty spirit most likely. I was over, uh, you know, we, we were learning kingdom, power, and atmospheres, and all of that, and we were, we were, Heather and I went over and partnered with our local church, but we started a, 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 a supernatural school over in Fiji, the islands of Fiji, and we were there for two, th three months, I think, three months, and to get the initial school started, then we'd come back and forth, but <clears throat> the power stuff worked great. We taught them how to prophesy, heal the sick, all the stuff. We would go from village to village, and everyone would be healed. People would be prophesied over. We weren't doing any of it. It was so fun to train them. They had not experienced that before. And, and then, but getting them to pay dollars to come to the school, we wrestled every, with, with every one of them except for one person. Everyone was supposed to pay 300 bucks for the school fee, which was three months which was 300 bucks was a lot for them. It was like a month's wage for them. But they came to the first night of class with $10. Everyone came with $10, not $300. We had, we had put our house in storage. We'd come over to live there, and we were going to run this school, and then those dollars were going to how we were going to live over there for three months. Well, you get 10 bucks, it's a lot different than 300 bucks per student. And so I spent the next three months wrestling the, you know, the 10 bucks out of them every week, another 10 bucks, another 10 bucks to do our school. Power of God's flowing. All this stuff is great. All that stuff works. The largest church in the Fiji Islands was partnering with us, didn't come up, didn't pay us what they were promising to pay us. A lot of poverty has a lot of promises that don't come to pass. A lot of, lot of, lot of lottery mindsets. I'm hoping someone's going to rescue me. I'm hoping something big is going to come in and start it all over again. For, and, you know, help me get, get out of the mess that I'm in. And uh, I came to the end of the summer, and I was talking to the Lord about it. And, and, and I'm like, Lord, I love this school. I love what happened. Man, the fruit's incredible. I mean, now, 12, 14, 12, 14 years later, they still have schools. They're traveling all over the world, bringing the kingdom, healing, miracles, all this. I mean, the school worked. That, that spirit that was in them that I had to wrestle with all, all summer. And um, so he's like, well, that's, I'm glad you said that because I got to get poverty out of you. The reason why that happened with them is because you allowed it. Anybody in Fiji gets any money, their family will come in their culture. And out of obligation, they have to take care of the whole family and then shh, lose all their money. I was feeding into that same spirit. When you are valuable, you know what you're supposed to give it away, when you're supposed to give it away, and what you're not supposed to give away. You know what is for you to enjoy and your family to enjoy. Enjoy, guys. When you're in poverty, you do not enjoy. You cannot sustain joy. You have bitterness. 
Joy is not around you very much. I was in that church culture, that pastor culture. Let's keep them, you know, just, just enough. And God would rescue us with checks in the mail and this or that. And we'd celebrate. And I remember one day we were with one of our mentors and we were telling them these stories of how God would provide for us and all these, you know, supernatural stories. And that was the high bar for us. That was what we were taught, man. That's, that's living by faith, brother. Good for you, living by faith. What that meant was living by a lot of worry. Living by a lot of other people's checks. Living by a lot of other people's hard work. And their faith to work for their dollars that I wanted to rescue me. Kind of quiet in here tonight, huh? I'm not taking them up an offering anyway, so just, just, just relax. <laughs> oh. It's a mindset. Poverty is a mindset, guys. God can get you all the money that you need. Abundant. Abundance. But you have to shift a mindset. God told me, I want to bless you, Keith, but you see me as a poor king. You're inhibiting my blessing. Or with all brand new furniture. But you see me as a poor king. You don't see that as valuable. You've separated the spiritual and the natural. It is all the same to him problem in the church is we've separated the spiritual and the natural. This is only going to be around here. This is for the earth and this is for eternity. We have scriptures like don't lay up your, you know, don't store up your treasure on earth, but store it up in heaven. And, and that really just is a good verse to comfort us when we have nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I hope Lord, you're going to answer some prayers and I'm going to have some up there. It's not about having stuff, guys. That's not what this conversation is about. It's about the abundant life. I've lived the poverty life. I've lived that life of faith where I was rescued. And Chris uh, Valentin, one of our mentors, said, Keith, you guys have these testimonies where you get rescued from consequences that you should actually be facing for not having good stewardship. You're actually living in poverty level faith. This is, we thought this was the high bar. We would listen to the testimonies of Smith Wigglesworth and William Seymour. It's like, I never asked for anything. I just did what God asked and their money came and someone would give me the, you know, the, the money to get on the boat to go overseas. And, and I'm not saying those are not valid and there's a season where you need to go through those lessons. That's called the desert season. That's in the desert, the manna comes supernaturally. But the desert was supposed to be 13 days. It was a 13-day journey to get from Egypt to the promised land. It became 40 years because they never learned the lesson in the desert that God was provider, that God was their identity, that God was their protector. Three things that Jesus himself had to deal with in the desert for 40 days. Is God provider? If he is, then turn the rock into bread. Is God, if, you know, or if you're the son of God, identity. If you're the son of God, throw yourself off the thing, protection. Three things they had to learn in the desert, but they spent 40 years and they never got in the promised land because the goal is not the desert, it's the promised land. In the promised land, the power to create wealth comes through you. In the desert, the provision comes to you. God only wants to get provision to you to teach you something about his nature so now he can get it through you. 
And the church has spiritualized the desert of the rescue checks in the mail and the gifts. And praise the Lord for those. I'm, I'm very thankful. But a little bit like, come on, guys, we got to get over the promised land. Because we got all the, the mountains. You know, remember Canaan? There's like, they're looking at the Canaanites. And they're like, the first set of Israelites are like, man, the fruit's good. The food's good. Whoa, look at those grapes. Look at that milk and honey. Whoa. But they look like giants and we look like a grasshopper. What's the issue? Identity. They didn't know who they were. Someone, when you have a poverty spirit, you have a lack of identity. I'm giving you a lot of good nuggets tonight. When you have a poverty spirit, you do not know who you are. You want everyone else to tell you who you are. You're looking for everyone else to affirm you. You don't understand your value because your value comes from who God made you, and who God says you are. The price that he paid for you determines your value. Lord had to tell me the last couple years, he's had me on lots of identity journeys. I don't know, 10 years ago, he told me, Keith, you're called to stand before kings. You're called to, you know... Uh, Bring the kingdom of God, walk with apostles, prophets, governors, CEOs. So I just started declaring out that portion of my identity. I stand before kings. I stand before governors. You know, together, apostles and prophets, I stand alongside of together. We set the course of history. Within a month, I'm in Singapore for the first time. And God leads me on this treasure hunt where I end up, in, in the room with the general of the National Army, prophesying a word for the nation to him and then to his, then, then a word to him and his wife. That declaration, I had never had that level of impact. That declaration opened up that door. God always starts something with identity. Gideon. Hiding out in the cave, in poverty, just trying to scrape by, trying to stay, you know, trying to get, hope the enemy doesn't rip me off. Some of us are like that. We listen to these TV guys. And say, Man, bad's coming. The end's coming. Get all your stockpile, everything up. Get to all this special water, special food. Come on, guys. We're not called to be hiding out in the cave. We're called to be ruling and reigning. What happens is that in this nation is, is not on God, it's on us. If we want God to rescue, you have a poverty spirit. God doesn't want to come and rescue you. He wants you to take dominion. We're not wrestling with people. We're wrestling with flesh. We're, we're wrestling with principalities and powers. Poverty is a huge principality in power. How many people in America, why do the votes go where they do? Because half of America has a poverty spirit at least. I just want to be rescued. That leader's promising me this extra few dollars, this extra few dollars, and we've given away our freedom and the promise of being taken care of, socialism. Not trying to get political here. I just want us to understand a mindset here. Capitalism is a kingdom mindset. You have power to create something. And if you create it, you get to eat of the reward. Socialism wants to take away your ability to have the reward from your, uh, from your work and from your labor. When you go into the promised land 
Everything that you take, you get to have. And the promise was, I'm going to give you houses you did not work for. Land you did not work for, but you're going to have to go fight for it. Guys, a poverty spirit does not have a fight in them. They just want to be rescued. They will argue and criticize and shout and do all this, but they have no power. They will run as soon as the real fight happens. They act big, but they're scared. Someone with a kingdom, abundant mindset, when the going gets tough, they hear the Lord. Like Caleb. Oh, Caleb, you know what? Caleb had to wait through all the crap of the people of Israel that could not believe God's promises. He had to wait through all the crap where Israel thought, we're grasshoppers. They're huge. How many of us look at our nation? They're huge. It's so huge. It's so impossible. With God, all things are possible. I am going to flourish in this economy. Man, the economy's getting worse. I am going to be a Joseph when the economy is having problems. I'm going to rise up and have solutions for the people around me, for the world that I live in. Guys, the world has always had problems since the beginning of time. It has always had moments of crisis. And God's people are always the one that brings it out. What's your choice? You can be like Esther. I'm afraid. I don't know. That's a poverty spirit. My identity, I don't know. It was kind of nice to get in here because I'm beautiful, but I don't know if I can speak up. I don't know. It's a man's world. I don't know if I have something to say. Wah, wah, wah. You got to have courage, woman. Rise up, Mordecai said. If you don't speak up, someone else will speak up, but you'll be lost. Who knows that you have been called for such a time as this? Who knows? Someone that came from an orphanage. Esther, she didn't even have a parent. She was raised by an uncle. She had to know. She had to take courage. This is who I am. I'm the one that has been called for such a time as this. You have to begin to own the prophetic words. God comes to Gideon. He's hiding in the cave. Mighty warrior, the angel says. Who, me, what? Poverty is lack of value, lack of identity. God always says, here's some identity. What's the first thing that comes out of Gideon's mouth? You don't know what's happening around me. The world, where's the God of power? Why is the enemy ruling? Reveals a poverty spirit. It reveals powerlessness. When identity is there, the first thing that comes up is I can't do it. That's the spirit that's coming up to be dealt with. And what does God have to do to him? The first thing God says, go to your family, tear down your father's idol. That's where the poverty starts. The idol there. Because that's where you have lost authority. Go, Gideon's afraid. When, you, when you're in poverty, you're afraid. You're afraid of everybody. He had to go in the middle of the night. He had to tear down his father's idol. Guys, you can't change the world until you see your family changed. Because where you think you are right now and how small you think you are, how insignificant you think you are, or whatever, maybe you, you, you know you're, you, you're valuable, however, whatever you got from your family. We can't help it, but we got to do something about it. We get to do something about it. We have the opportunity to change our destiny. I grew up in a third-generation pastors. I'm th so thankful for my spiritual heritage, but I had a poverty spirit that was also handed down. 
first church we lived, uh, well, my parents, when, you know, my parents' first church we lived in Northern California in this trailer. The roof leaked. You have continual uh, homeless folks. Pastored. We lived in a parsonage at the house next to the church. There was mold next to the, to the, to the bed and, and the house there, and Heather was continually sick. So when you're in poverty, you just think this is your life. You don't think you can do better. You don't think you, you, you're worth more. It's a journey of an internal journey. It's not an arrogance. It's not, I'm this, and I'm, it's, it's not that. There's, when you catch the true identity of Christ, it'll create humility in you. It'll, take, it'll create care for people around you. So I, you know, I had a journey where the Lord had to get poverty out of me. He had to start showing me my offenses with people. I looked to people to rescue me, pastors, leaders, business people. I had a gift. My prophetic gift was going. But when you don't feel like you're valuable, you kind of, they're, they're, you create relationships with strings. So I had relationships with business people. I had favor with business people. I had favor with pastors, but there was always strings. A lot of times those relationships ended up bad. They would donate to my ministry. I'd prophesy, I'd be their friend, walk in their life. Eventually some string, an unhealthy string, would be pulled from them. I eventually got tired. It's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to relate to business people for their dollars. I'm going to relate to business people for their mindset. I want to catch their mindset on how to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to take any more of their dollars. I want them to catch my mindset to hear God for themselves instead of hearing God through me. There's a shift there. I work with business people. The Lord gave me another word um, two years ago or a little bit, somewhere around there. Walking by one of the beaches, it uh, has you know, a bunch of nice 30 to $50 million houses right where we live and just walking by here. And, um, the Lord says, many millionaires will want what you carry. That's an identity word. When God says something to you like that, it's, at first it's like, I know that's you. I wouldn't think that. That's cool. But how in the heck is that? What, what's, how does that happen? What do I have that millionaires want? Do you see a word that he puts in us starts us into a wrestle? And that's a good thing because God's trying to reposition us and take us higher. I didn't say that word. I didn't make that word up. Many millionaires will want what Keith has. Wow, aren't I fantastic? Say that word in a church circle. It's not too popular. Brother, you've been sold out. Balaam. <laughs> no, no, no. You, got, you guys don't know your Bible enough to know that joke. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Uh. <laughs> when somebody has money and we don't, it reveals our heart. Anybody have a dollar or 10 bucks or 20 bucks on them? Let me see it real quick. Thank you. 
Money is the answer to everything. Money is the answer to everything. I revealed a poverty spirit and your level of poverty spirit in saying that. If you had a hard time saying, receiving that, you don't know the Bible. That's coming right out of Ecclesiastes. Money is the answer to everything. Go find it. Another scripture says, Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy truth and do not sell it. You wouldn't come see a prophet in the Bible without bringing a gift. There's a mindset we don't understand as a church. Luke 19 I was just, I went on this long journey and I began to understand my value and I learned to become, why, why thank you for this, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> bless you, I know. But let me, let me sew it back into you. All right. It's, it's a five-fold blessing. Five-fold blessing. Um, but, no, I forgot where I was. Where was I? Luke 19. I went on a journey to learn how to be a marketer. I began to connect with business people. God began to bring business people. My best friend is a brilliant marketer, and God's taken him to all sorts of top places in uh, top influencers in our nation and um, in the church world and the business world. And great marketer, and we have, you know, a, a a, a unique relationship, and but in our relationship, you know, I he began to catch some things from me. I began to catch some things from him because I had said I'm not going to relate to business guys for their dollars. I'm going to relate for their mindset. So we began to journey as friends. Keep the strings broken. You still might need stuff. Scripture says when you when you're around a king, put a knife to your throat if you want their stuff. Stop wanting people's stuff. Realize if you catch a mindset, you get all the stuff that you need. Remember, God said, I could fill your whole house with brand new furniture, but you see me as a poor king. You're inhibiting my blessings. I had a view that God was poor, and he had to take me through a whole, the whole, the scripture, just the scriptures. Show me the wealth. Wealth is no issue to the Lord. He is not a poor king. When he was on earth or when he's in heaven. We have a picture of poor Jesus, but he was not poor on earth. He had a dowry given to him by kings that traveled across many, many lands to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some have said that was worth up to $2 million that sustained him when his family had to hide in Egypt for a couple years when they were riding from Herod. <clears throat> There's so many things you could look to. Jesus worked with businessmen. He picked businessmen to be his disciples. He worked with people that understood the principles of business. Luke 19, the... Uh, I, I went on the journey to learn entrepreneurship, learn marketing, learn how to, you know, uh, be good at inviting people into what I do. That's what marketing is, is, hey, what I do or this product or whatever it is, do you want it? Here's a strategy for, to bring them in. 
to get them into, you know, into my space. And um, so anyways, I had sold, I had sold some, I, I, I still love being in the prophetic space. It's what I love to do. I'm like, I love being a prophet. I love being a consultant. I love being, hearing God, spending time with the Lord. How is this monetizable? Is it biblical to monetize this? You guys doing all right? I have a couple books on it. You can go a lot deeper in my Fightful Entrepreneur book and my Abundant Mindset book. But just putting something out here because this is actually a message that if you're going to be the prophetic people of God that reforms culture, prophets have to deal with the finances. God would oftentimes use the prophets to deal with the finances, the poverty. They would be a part of the solution. I was worried about a couple thousand dollars of bills, and God was like, Keith, you're called to deal with billions of dollars of national deficit, and you're worried about $2,000 worth of bills. Get a grip. There's a distance. If we are worried and wanting to be rescued, we don't have any authority to deal with the problems God wants to cause us to deal with. We have to begin to grow our capacity. doesn't mean we have to have that level of dollars. It means we just have to begin to recognize as a prophetic person, you're not prophesying someone a breakthrough or strategy to, you know, to increase their business. Or You have an anointing and authority when you go into a place that poverty breaks. I know that people that get around me, poverty breaks in their life. I know that people get around me and breakthrough happens. Not because I'm some special person, but because I found breakthroughs in God that's available for every one of us. I work with business people. They want ROI. They want return on their investment. Many millionaires would want what you carry, Keith. Remember the Lord told I started wrestling around with that. What is, what is it I have? My business you know, friend Pedro's, okay, this is what you can do. This is the strategy. This is what you have that millionaires want. There's the pathway to get them into your world. I was very uncomfortable with it because you got to charge a different level of dollars to be around millionaires. You don't, they don't come and spend time with you for 50 bucks. They won't value it. It's got to cost them. That's why we have schools. We have our you know, emerging profit school. It costs you to be in that school. It's got to cost enough. We put that price point for the point of where the majority of the people in the church are at. It stretches them. Oh, this is a lot of money. It's, it's, it's less than a couple thousand bucks to be in that school. But it's enough of a stretch for people that it requires. And I'm like, you know what? If you can't even come up with a couple thousand bucks to be in our um, amazing, transforming, breakthrough school, you're not ready to be a prophet. You are what? ready to be prophetic. Because prophetic people deal with problems. They are what this nation is looking for. So you have to confront your own poverty. And the first step is my, even getting into school saying, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to learn to catch an entrepreneur's spirit. When you're in poverty, you say, I don't have enough. When you're under abundance, you say, how, Lord, do I get the provision for what I need? Poverty says, I don't have. How are you going to rescue me? Lord, rescue me. Hey! Remember Jesus' disciples, hey, save us. Jesus rebuked them. You, got, you don't got enough faith. He rescues us and goes, come on, I, I, I put my spirit inside of you. There's more. There's more for you.
I love the journey in God. It's not been an easy one for me. It's the, the, the journey coming out of poverty has been this right here. This has been the huge journey. A lot of internal wrestlings, a lot of what do people think? And what if I have this? What do people think? And what if I, you know, all, all, you know, if I charge this, what do people think? And all this sort of stuff. I was charging for, a, I was wrestling through all of this and charged for, you know, people, uh, profit school in a box. <laughs> I was selling our profit schools all my nine months of curriculum for 5,000 bucks. You could take it. Here it is. Go run your school. Here's how to do it. People can make 80,000 bucks a year with it. It's a business model, but it's in a, with a church content. Get students. You can begin to have a life as a you can, you can train and raise up a company of profits. You can create a sustainable foundation. You can focus on the people you're called to. It's a business model. But in the church, people are like, what? Why are we going to pay $5,000? You can't even see. You're so trained in this is spiritual and this is unspiritual. This is worth paying for and this has got to be all free. We have earth and the fullness thereof. Money is the Lord's. Money's not the problem. The love of money is the problem. Money is not the problem. Can you be entrusted with money without it taking over you? Money will test your heart, but money's not the problem. God wants to find some people that can handle some wealth. Whatever that measure is for every one of us, it will be enough. It will be abundant. That's what he's destined you for, abundance, whatever that is for you. I've seen widows come into our world. I can't afford to come into your world. It's too expensive. Keith, I'm living on this government's time. And I says, a poverty spirit, I'm sorry to say. I got to confront it. I, and I, then I, I went and I was like, man, I feel so bad about this. I, I, gotta, I can't charge a widow. They have a government stipend. Or... Lord's like, Elijah, the widow on her last leg, he had to come in and look like a stingy prophet. Hey, give me my meal. <laughs> what? You're taking my last meal? That's poverty. Poverty means tight-fisted in the Bible. I'm holding on. Oh, don't take it. Get a release. I remember when poverty spirit was manifesting for me in Fiji. I'm like wrestling with all the dollars of, of the people, but I had my own poverty spirit. My daughter was, I don't know how old she was, but asking for nine, asking for ice cream. Daddy, can I get an ice cream cone? No. Comes out of my mouth. No. It's like legion. No. That's poverty. When you're getting, you know, you're trying to wrestle and you're frustrated with these guys and then you take it out on your loved ones. And the Lord's like, Keith, really? You're going to go down on a $5 ice cream cone? That's where your level of faith is? Because you're in survival mode. So I begin to realize, let's, let's, Let's start confronting that. If I'm going to go down to five bucks, here's five bucks. If I'm going to go down to 10, here's 10. If I'm going to 20, it's not a money issue. God's been playing with me with 10, 20, 30,000 bucks in this last season. This is 10. 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 We can do that all day. I'm like, man, Lord, I like keeping my 10s. It's like, Keith, don't you get it? The money is not the issue. I can get it to you. When you have an entrepreneur mindset, you have something to produce with. It's not like I'm just bringing dollars out of open air. There's a mindset 
It's not just one thing that I do, but you begin to begin to think creative, that prophetic spirit. You begin to think very entrepreneurial, and, and it's just this thing, and that thing shuts down, and God takes you over here, and this thing, oh, and you begin to think differently. I love being around the entrepreneurs. They're never, this thing starts, you know, you know kind of skimming down, and they're like, we're going here. I'm like, I need to catch that. I got to catch that. I got to be around. I got to think differently. Who's going to rescue me? Who's going to be the business person or someone that God's going to use to to rescue me? You got something, babe? So as he was talking, I was thinking about just the season of our lives. And we had gone away to Napa to just kind of hang out and have a date night because we lived like 30 minutes away from there when we lived up north. And... We had gone to dinner, and then there was an art gallery over there that our, our senior leaders at the time, um, she was an artist, and she had some of her work in this particular gallery over in the Napa Valley. And so we went there, and Keith and I are looking around, and this gallery had all kinds of different art in there. They had huge pieces of art that would fill up a whole wall, then there were these little tiny ones that were like really, really small, like eight by eights, or they'd have like a 10 by 12. And I'm just like in awe, just looking at all the art. And Keith wanders off into this little back room. And I ran over there and he's like, he covers the, the price on this little tiny painting. He's like, guess how much this is? I did this earlier <laughs> with Kelly <laughs> with some pair of hands in the store. So I co- or he covered the price and he's like, guess how much it was? I'm like, I don't know, like $2,000. He's like, nope, keep going. I'm like, 5000 Nope, keep going. Ten. Nope, keep going. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. He's like, $25,000 for this, like, 10 by 10 or 10 by 12 piece of art. Twenty-five grand. And he's like, I need to know the story of this. Because, I mean, that was just blowing our mind, right? So then he calls over to the guy that worked there and he was like why is this painting that's this big like 25 grand and that one that's as big as the wall like five grand he's like well he goes the price that someone pays for something determines its worth it determines its value it determines its worth ephesians 2 10 says that you are god's masterpiece you, every single one of us, we are a masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. You know what the beautiful thing about a masterpiece is? There's only one. A masterpiece is a original, look up the definition in the Webster. It says, an original piece of art. An original, original. How many of you are original? He's a twin, but yet he's still an original. Like he and his brother, they're nothing alike. Like, even if you have, you know what I mean? Like, everybody is unique. Everyone is creating unique. Everyone is original. Whereas masterpiece. What did Jesus do? He paid the ultimate price for every single one of us by dying on the cross. Wow. Like, let that sink in. I know we're believers. I know all of that. But it's just sometimes we just need these little glimpses and these little reminders like, you know what? You're amazing. Like, you are amazing. Say that with me. I am amazing. I am amazing. 
Keith's whole talk tonight goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, I talked about two different things, forgiveness and talked about love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. This talk is about loving yourself. You have to love yourself before you can love other people well. You have to learn how to understand that. And I think we're so good at, I mean, I was raised that way. Keith was raised that way about you give everything that you get away. Like you're in the church, you give everything away. Like we would go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. Like I didn't have money to buy my kids shoes year after year after year after year. Even when we moved to Vacaville, which was like only 15 years ago, I didn't have enough money to go buy my kids shoes. My in-laws had to come and buy their backpacks for school because we were just living on, we were just doing what we were doing, serving the Lord, living by faith, doing all the things, all the things that we knew we felt like we were supposed to be doing. And God was so faithful that he would meet us at that poverty level of faith that Chris called us out on because we would spend money on this and we would spend money on this and we found money for what we wanted to do. And then we would just finagle and figure it out and, you know, grab from this pot. And then and we were a hole in this pot. But then there's a, anybody know what I mean? <laughs> like you just, you, you, you shuffle things around and you're like, okay, well, we'll make this work for a little while. We'll make this work. But we didn't, we didn't have it. And then God started taking us on this journey, you know, sending us to Fiji. Because the senior leaders were like, hey, guys, what do you think about going to Fiji? And living there for the summer. We're like, woo! We're like, we have to pray about it. But, yeah, I think that sounds pretty cool. Go live in an island nation halfway around the world with our kids. And then we weren't going to have to pay for it. Like, where you want us to go? Like, send us. And so we were there. And this poverty spirit kicked our butt. Over and over and over and over. And it was miserable. We had amazing times. We had beautiful times as a family. We grew exponentially. But yet that thing kept hitting us in the face because God was trying to do something in us. He was trying to help us recognize that, you know what, you're worth, you're worth more than $10. Like we had been promised all these things. Like we weren't just going over there and said, okay, we're just going to go start a school. We're going to go because they're sending us there to start a school, and they, like, all these different people promise, okay, we're going to take care of this, and we're going to take care of this because we're sending you out, and you're going to go. But then all of these things started happening over the summer. Our pastor's daughter died. I mean, and they're the ones, like, sending us over to start the school. Like, she died. And then literally, we were there for 11 weeks. Literally every single week we would get a phone call that somebody that we knew personally died in the States. While we were there, my grandma died. I had a cousin die. Keith had a cousin die. Um, a couple had this couple, these two kids, brother and sister died. I mean, it was crazy, and we were, like, scared to answer the phone because we were like, God, what is going on? But it was, like, in the process of all of that, God was teaching us, you know what? No, you're my, you're my amazing kids. Like, you're valuable. You're worth. Like, and we weren't even, like, trying to, like, it wasn't a, about making money even then. It was just about, like, living. Like, we just wanted to be able to go to the grocery store and be able to get food for our own table, right? As we're there serving and doing the work of the ministry and all the things. So all of that to say is God, God took us both on this journey of trying to walk this out in our lives and started recognizing, you know what? You're worth something. I pay the ultimate price for you. 
it's not about, like you said, how little or how much you have. It's a mindset. It's a mindset that God wants to, even somebody had given them, what, $100 or $500 or somebody had given you $100, a um, couple hundred dollars at church one day. Like they go and shake his hand and they give him a couple hundred bucks and then he tur- it was right around Christmas time and he turned around and somebody else came up to him and was like, man, I'm struggling in this. And he just got that $200 out and handed it to someone else. And I feel like you should tell the story because it's just. This, this is good, dear. I love hearing this. love hearing you talk. And I was complaining to the Lord. It's like, Lord, um, why? Um, I don't have, you know, money for my kids for Christmas presents. And Lord's like, you give everything away. How many know when the Lord says that, you all of a sudden get a revelation that maybe you're not supposed to? <laughs> I thought that's what was supposed, that's what's cheered on in, 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 in my world. I thought I was a generous giver. I was actually an obligatory giver. <clears throat> I did not know the difference. I had just been trained to give without feeling my heart. I did not know my heart on when to give. I had to go through a season of learning, and, and we'll just tie up that story, but uh, as I was crying about it, the Lord says you give everything away, and I'm like, oh. And that week, one of my spiritual moms, she's 88 years old, she died. She left an inheritance for me. I didn't know that. It was 500 bucks. It was the widow's mite that she had faithfully been a pre- preacher and for 50 years and seen me as her spiritual son, left me 500 bucks, and, and I took that money, and I'm like, I'm learning my lesson. Spent most of it on the kids for Christmas, and Heather, and uh, must, I mean, and then got myself a probably very cheap leather jacket, but it was something I'd wanted. And I put this leather jacket on myself, because you know when you have poverty, you don't value yourself. A lot of times we're like, I can't afford it. I got to give my kids something. No, as your soul prospers, your health and finance will prosper. There's a time to be sacrificial and to give to others, 100%. That's we honor that. We're not shooting that at all. But it's when to do it. I think the problem with us is we're applying the wrong principle in the wrong time. It, 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 there's, there's, it, we're using Bible, but it's the wrong application, the wrong heart, the wrong. So it's, it's hard to kind of filter through some of this when you got so much Bible in there. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm, how, how come I'm not blessed? I give everything away. How come I'm not blessed? Because there's a time to give and there's a time to receive. Yeah, there's a hole in your bucket. And so uh, when I put that mantle or put that leather jacket on, the Lord says, you're wearing the mantle from the 88-year-old lady. I put that on you. I mean, there's, then I would take that leather jacket and whack people with it sometimes. I've seen Holy Ghost. And now yeah, we get, it's just, it's just I get all sorts of fun with it. <laughs> how, how did I know that I didn't know? My heart. I remember this guy came to our house. He was a, he was a, a kid off the streets trying to get a job, and so he's like, "I need a bicycle to get to my 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 work." And I'm like, "Well, I got this bicycle that someone just gave me, you know, this this beautiful yellow bicycle. I, I really liked it." And I'm like, "I'm gonna give it to you because that's what you do. You give it away." And so I gave it away. Goes away with the bicycle. Comes back the next day. Well, bicycle got stolen. Easy come, easy go. I guess. 
That's what came out of his mouth. <laughs> How many know it hit the chord of offense in me? I was so offended and mad at him. How many of you know it wasn't about him? It was about me. Poverty, spirit, is an offense surrounding it. It revealed I was not giving out of a generous, true heart. I was giving out of obligation, thinking it's what I had to do. God was so good, he gave me another yellow bike. <laughs> but I had to have this long string of these kind of lessons where the Lord was taking me through this. And, and then just, just to start learning my value and then learn when to give, when not to give. I, I, had to st I said, you know what, I might sound sacrilegious, and I, this is really even hard to say in a church environment. But I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to give it an offering until I feel it from my heart. And I'm not saying this for everybody. This is my weekend. I probably, you know, I could hurt my own offering. <laughs> I don't really care. It's not about me. It's about you, you and the Lord. I'm free of the offering. I'm free for people to give what they should give because they're on a journey with the Lord. Ooh, I feel some anointing came in on that. Wow. Something just shifted. Well, I had to give myself permission to not give in the offering. I'm not saying this is, like, forever, but I was so, like, i got to find my heart. I don't even know my heart. My, my wife has a genuine gift of generosity and knows when to give and she didn't have that poverty side that I had she knows when to give and and when to receive and, and like God's given her but she had to walk with me she had to kind of walk in my whole world so even in a spouse that can kind of crowd out some of your stuff sometimes <clears throat> and um, so you know I you know one of the things I love to give I love to buy sometimes my friends, sometimes somebody that's you know uh, needs help. I love to buy them shoes, not just a junky old pair of shoes. Like have any of ever uh, anyone's seen the hookah brand? I just came upon this brand. This is so comfy. It, you know what? I traveled for years. With these $30 shoes that look good, but my feet always hurt. Ten hours a day, my feet would hurt. It's a poverty spirit. You don't value yourself enough to take care of yourself. <clears throat> and finally, I got a, it was like a revelation. I went out and bought a $100, $150 pair of shoes that were actually nice. They look good, but they actually had a, and I, I just was in heaven. I felt like I was walking on clouds for the first time. And it touched my heart to have a good pair of shoes on my feet. <clears throat> so I'd buy my friend's shoes, and I'd buy sometimes, a, a, you know, a person that's really wrestling through something, a pair of shoes, because this was the biggest joy for me. And they'd be all trying to be all spiritual. No, I'll just get this pair of shoes. No. What shoe do you want? That's how it works. Poverty, oh, just, uh, poor little me. No, you're valuable. There's a time to be like, we're not going to get this, we're going to get that. But which time is it? Some of us are always like, I'll get this, I'll get that. You probably need to live here a little bit more. It's a mindset of the heart. You're listening to the Lord, not one size fits all. Jackets are a big thing to me. Just having a nice jacket. 
a nice, comfortable jacket that doesn't look ratchet. I'd watch sometimes these evangelists come in and powerful healing ministry, and I'd watch, look at their ratchet jacket. I mean, if they love that jacket and it's their favorite friend, that's awesome. It's not about looking all the best, but it's really about, like, just something inside of me just left to buy people. I remember one of my prophet friends lives kind of in the same poverty mindset, just like I was learning just little things. Where's my joy in giving? And I was, we were out hanging out. I'm like, hey, let's go in here. Let's go in this store. Man, I want to buy you a jacket. He's, you know, this little jacket, this little, look at the price. I'm like, no, bro, don't worry about the price. Get the jacket you want. And I got to sometimes help him. Like, yeah, I'm going to settle with it. No, get this one. Put this. Oh, man. He's like, yeah, this is really nice. It's hard to, you know, it's just as hard to receive it as it is to give. My journey out of poverty is the most difficult thing was me receiving, actually. <clears throat> I got to the point because God, poverty has a lot of pride in it. We might think it's just, I, I, I'd be happy to take all, all the money. No, there's pride in it. I got, we got to a place at the bottom where it's like we didn't even have much groceries in the, in the thing, in the cupboards. The Lord's like, this person and this person offered to help you. You're going to have to go back to them. Yeah, it was very, you know, I went back. One of them was my brother. One of them was a pastor from another area. And they, I said, man, I'm struggling with some stuff. And they sent me a bunch of groceries and brought bags of groceries in and as they're bringing them into the house, I'm just crying, crying, crying. They didn't know. They just thought, wow, he's just really getting touched. You know why I was crying? I was crying in shame. I was crying in shame that I had to be on the receiving end. Because I grew up in poverty where we had to stand in those lines. And you know what? When I got older, I was too ashamed to stand in those lines, so I'd send my wife. Not saying I'm happy about that. She'd have to stand in the lines with the free cheese and the bread and the milk and all that stuff because it hit such a shame. We pastored little churches where we were like home missions projects. So people, it was like people's project. Take care of these guys. And somehow it just put a poverty spirit in me, a shame to receive. Guys, we're not, we don't, we, you know, you, you want to break poverty in someone's life, you don't give them the worst. You give them the best. We used to have homeless folks come by all the time, and, you know, they were like, man, do you have anything else besides beans? <laughs> besides beans? <laughs> like, that's all we get everywhere we go, and it hurts our bellies. Got beans all the time. And we learned when we had the homeless folks, we would give them the best. We'd have, you know, meals for our homeless folks, and we'd serve them the steak on fine china, and we'd, we're like, we're not just trying to take care of you at the lowest level. When we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And you know what? They would, they would, they would rise up, not in entitlement, but they would rise up and begin to be transformed in one meal where you treated them like royalty. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give you this, my leftover thing, I'm leftover thing. No. Don't do that church obligation thing I'm giving, I'm spiritual. You give people your best stuff. You give something that means something to you. Come on, is, 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 is the poverty demon leaving the place yet? Or, 
Guys, I lived in poverty a long time. It is not spiritual. It's a lot of pain, a lot of worry. I lived in that season of little where Paul says, I've learned to be thankful in the season of little. I learned when you're in the season of little, God was faithful. He brought the manna. He brought the manna. We had to thank him. We had to praise him. We had to shout our way out of so many problems. And that's what you do when you're in little. you got to keep the thanks on. He sometimes trains us. I can get it to you, but you got to be thankful for this. Sometimes I'd, I'd need, you know, 5,000 bucks. I'd get 50 bucks or something in the mail. It's some little, here's some little return. And, and oh, 50 bucks, I need five. No, this is the seed. you got to go crazy and thanks over the 50. So in that season, he was training me. I want you to see that I'm going to get you it. But I don't want you to live in that season forever, the desert. I just want you to get the lesson. I can provide with this or with the money. It's not one or the other. It's a mindset. Then he said, now I want to train you in the season of much, Keith. I want to train you how to operate in that season. I said, 18 years I was in that other season. So how many years do I get to have in this one, Lord? <laughs> this one has just as, this as many landmines in it to navigate it well. But I was, you know, selling this profit school for 5000 bucks and maybe got nine people to buy it. And that was our first seed of trying to expand our emerging profit world, which is a, you know, it's, it's an issue as is, is, you know, how many, well, like just think about nine months. If, uh, has anyone went through the online nine month emerging profit school here? Okay. Well, you went through the local school. Okay. So you went through the content, you went through some of the, okay. There was hundreds and hundreds of hours I spent in that. How many, how many would think hundreds and hundreds of hours of content delivery Curriculum, speaking to videos, editing those videos, pouring out your heart, wrestling to get a curriculum put into a format that's going to bring breakthrough to people, and plus the years of your life that gave you the authority to then get to even the point to even put the curriculum out. How many thinks that that is worth something? Okay. I want you just to understand, that's not about me, it's about you. Do you understand how you get to starting to see your value a little bit more? <clears throat> you have to kind of backtrack a little bit more instead of like when, when Heather's saying, do you value yourself? It's, uh, it's sort of, we don't know how to actually get to a number. It's important to kind of recognize that number. So nine, I sold nine, nine of those, which was like 30,000 bucks. That was, that was like... I, that was great. That just paid off the debt we were in because we were just living in, in kind of like hand to mouth back then. I was learning marketing. I was learning. I was trying to climb out of that. But within a week or so, I had this guy that has a company of a couple hundred employees, and it's over in uh, a third, uh, not a third world country, a uh, uh, communist country. He has his business in a communist country, and he lives here in America and, and goes over there and and um, as this inventive, uh, like they, they do all these kind of inventive things that helps people get food and water and stuff over there and create it in this country. And um, this guy reached out to me and says, hey, Keith, would you be my consultant? Would you start consulting my company as a prophetic consultant and start, let's just, I want you to, you know, let's, let's go on a journey to take my company to the next level. And then I want you to help me, you know, figure out how to bring the gospel into this communist country. He'd already been leading hundreds of people to the Lord. And the Lord's like, this is Luke 19. Money's the answer to everything, by the way. 
Uh, put that up on your fridge. Just, just to poke any religious spirits that's left in you or anybody else that happens to walk by. It'll just, what? This guy is God. I thought Jesus answered everything. <laughs> Luke 19, the one of the guys, you know, Jesus gives, you know, three guys different talents. You know, one, two, five, whatever it is. And the one with the five turn it into ten. And Jesus says, well done, good and faithful. You've learned entrepreneurship. You learn how to take what you have and multiply it. What's poverty? There no increase. There ain't no investment. There ain't no expansion. You're not investing. You're not, you know, getting me to spend money for ads. Took me a long time to catch that mindset. I'm not spending money for ads. People want to be in my world. They come in my world for free. I had to start learning to think. You're going to pay to get a customer. It was a different mindset that I did not have any understanding about. Now I'm going to close out here. I'm going to take too long here. But the Lord says, I could not have given you that opportunity. Now I can give it to you because I could not give you kingdom authority. The one who has five talents and ha makes it ten will get ten cities, Scripture says. We're all talking about cities and nations and transformation. I want to see God saying, I'm looking for someone that understands how money operates and learns to increase it and learns to think with an abundant mindset. By the way, that widow that asked to join my program and I would wanted to give it to her for free, and the Lord's like, no, you can't do that. you got to charge her. And I worked with her to figure out what would be a stretch for her. She had this limited income. and It's not about me. The money's not about me. The money's about her. It's not about me. I've, sometimes when people come in my world and they give me, my money, uh, give me money and then they're offended, I give them their money back. I don't care if it's 50 bucks or 5,000 bucks. I said, you missed the lesson. Ten, I've given people 10,000 bucks. I've given clients 10, 15,000 bucks back. That were offended at me. I said, bro, you just got a big poverty spirit. Here's your money back, man. You missed. You missed the opportunity to journey with me because you got all offended. You wanted me to rescue you. You didn't want me to call you out on your junk, and I called you out on your junk. You got all offended because you want to protect your poverty spirit. Take your money, bro. And I like 15000 bucks. I like 10000 bucks in my It ain't that I don't love that. I love 50 bucks. It's nice. I, love, it doesn't, I enjoy what God gives me, and I can steward it and use it and grow it and, and put it here and put it there. I value what it is. But I've learned I'm not going to let people have strings with me on it. I'm not going to fight to keep it. If they're offended, here it is. You've lost the lesson. You didn't get the breakthrough. I've had people pay me 25000 bucks for doing consulting. Before they've even started the journey of going on the journey with me, the pre-conversation before I even started a journey, they said, I got my 25000 bucks already. Because they'll get a breakthrough even in the pre-conversation about what we're going to do. Because it's not about the journey. Wealthy people realize I'll give 25,000 bucks, 50,000 bucks, 100,000 bucks all day long to be in the room with someone that I might pick up one idea from. 
They understand something different than we understand, and I realized I did not understand it, and I need to start thinking differently because I'm not even touching the nation that God has called me to touch because I do not have a wealthy mindset. And I'm called to deal with billions of dollars of national deficit, and I can't deal with a poverty mindset. By the way, that widow, she started paying. And you know how she started paying? She started crocheting. She had something already in her hand because poverty says you got nothing. She started saying, what do I got? Well, I can crochet. She started crocheting stuff to pay off her emerging profit schooling to be in our world. Now she has a ministry in the Missouri government. She goes into government. She ministers to senators, legislators. She has a team of people. She is impacting because she caught the prophetic prophet grace, and she did not let that uh, poverty mindset as a widow keep her from destiny. It's not about where you're at. It's not about where you've come from. Say, God, I am, I am, guys, I had to come to this point. The pain of walking with business people for years and thinking, they've got the money. I'm nothing. I just have the, I don't even value that I have the word of the Lord. I don't even value that, not even the word of the Lord. The prophecy is not the big deal. The breakthrough of being around a prophet would set them free. There's a lot of prophetic people in here. You got the same breakthroughs in different ways. You just don't know it yet. Prophetic is a breaker anointing. It sets people free. Maybe you're, you have something else to offer. You, you're, oh, it's just this little thing. Do you realize that little thing, how powerful it is? God wouldn't give you some little thing that was little. He says that the littlest things have the greatest of honor in the kingdom if you would recognize it. We've got to get our nation back. That's what this is about. I started realizing, you know what? I've been going to the church for a long time, and I have not seen what I want to see. I'm going to start going to the business guys. I'm going to start training them up to be military kingdom leaders and to transition like Jehu in the Bible who's got the prophetic word on him, and he was a military leader, 2 Kings 9, and he went crazy, and he took out Ahab and Jezebel and finally ended the curse over the land that Elijah and Elisha and those other guys on their own were not able to do. This business-minded leader started doing it, and I started going that way. But I have hope for the church, guys. I just couldn't wait anymore. Tired of church meetings where we talk and we do nothing. And we wait to be rescued and we wait to be blessed. And we hope someone's going to come in and encourage us a little bit to stay in the same life that we're in. I know this church has a different heart to raise up kingdom-minded people. But a kingdom-minded person means you are valuable. You're God's son, God's daughter. You have a solution for the world around you. Whatever that is, start in the world around you. Don't try to go up here. Start in the world around you. Start confronting those levels of, this is, this, is, this is all I have. Whenever you hear that, this is all I have. Start confronting that. It says, Lord, how do we take this down? Say, if I can't afford this. Start saying, how can we afford this? Shift from poverty to abundant mindset. How are, how, when the, remember when prophet Elijah came in, Elisha came in, Jesus came in, he never said, oh, man, it's hopeless. Yeah, they always said, what do you have? Well, I got a little oil. I got a little bread. Okay, that's good. Here's the strategy. Take the oil and put it in jars. Go get some free jars. You remember those, those, uh, poor, uh, those disposable cameras? You take the pictures, and once you're done, throw them away. That's the jar and the oil picture. A guy got a witty idea. 
let me start putting recycle bins for those around stores and this and that. And when people are done with their, you know, those, just drop it in there. And he took it and he filled his garage full of them. And he learned how to reuse them, make them new again, and created this huge business. Woo! Man, I feel an entrepreneur's spirit. Just whoo, something hit the room. God, where, who's going to rescue me? Where am I? I don't got to go. Keith got I don't got with that person. No, you already have it. You got to see it. You are it. The value's inside. You are that painting. By the way, that painting, that little small painting that was worth 25000 bucks. Why was it so important? Because the guy that started painting it was painting over in England. He was painting pictures of royalty. One of the royals picked it up, loved it, put it in Buckingham Palace. Now there's like 20 of them in it. Then it went to the $25,000 because of who paid for it. You're that painting. Christ paid for you. That's what Heather was sharing. You've got to believe it. I remember I was sharing, I, the, many millionaires will want what you carry. I, 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 I have a hard time believing this. And I created this $25,000 thing for these for business guys to go on this journey with me. And, and please don't get offended over the numbers wherever you're at. The numbers are not the issue. It's your own journey with the Lord. And <clears throat> I was over at this guy's house. He has a big company and invited us over for dinner. And um, we're just sitting there eating. What are you doing in the season? I said, well, I'm trying to wrestle out this thing for the next season, this little consulting thing that I'm doing is 25000 bucks, And I was not thinking at all of advertising and trying to pitch him. I was just wrestling with, would someone even pay this? He's like, how do I, how do, I do it? How do I sign up? Let me figure out how to get the money, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I want to be your first client. The fish jumped in the boat. I didn't even throw one out. It's boom. I didn't have any, like, I am worth this. It's not a matter of I'm worth this and more than anybody else. I've worked so much stuff for free, and I still do. It's about what the Lord is saying. There's a language in the business world that they only respond to. There's a language in the school system they only respond to. There's a language in every world that you have to understand that language and your value and how you connect in there. It's not about dollars, really. This conversation is, is so much bigger than that, but th I'm just using that as a, as a point of contact because it has so much emotion for every one of us in that journey of dollars. So how many would love to go to that next level in the Lord and just step into that next place, wherever you're at, of abundance, and step through some thresholds of of, of fear if you have them. or <clears throat> I feel like that's what the invitation is. God's trying to invite us up. He wants to invite us up. I didn't really hear any response there. <laughs> How hungry are you for it? How hungry are you for the next level? Are you ready to change? Are you ready? When he says, Gideon, mighty warrior, that means you're going to have to go to battle. When he gives him an identity 
Eventually, you know what they said about Gideon? They, they killed some of uh, Gideon's uh, relatives later on, many years later. They said, who'd you kill? You killed Gideon's. What? You killed the prince, the prince the, all these princes, men, prince? Like his family became known as the royal family. You know why I stepped into this, guys? I saw that there was no retirement for me in this. My parents' retirement is me. My parents' parents' retirement was their kids. There was no retirement. And I said, this is not kingdom. It says a righteous man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. I've received a spiritual inheritance. I'm thankful for that. So I have received. But like this is, I don't want my kids to be my retirement plan. I am going to have to become something different. I want to give them something. I, I want to give them an entrepreneur mindset, but I want to give them some breakthrough where they don't have to fight through all the crap that Heather and I have had to fight through, all the pain. Heather's sick body for years because of the mold. Just so much you do when you're in poverty, the hurt, legs, the feet, the stuff you live under when groveling for you know, a few dollars from people, hoping people will notice you, the pain of that journey. I'm like, I, I don't want to hand that to my kids. I, I don't want them to just get free and entitled. I want, you know, our kids are hard workers. We've taught them, you know, we give them a lot of stuff, but we also, okay, you, you got to work for that. You got, you know, it's like that balance of I want them to go farther, but I want them to catch that mindset. I'm teaching my daughter. She's catching an entrepreneur mindset now. She's learned this is what my value is in this season, and we're talking about the price point to offer. You know, this is what she's going to charge for different, for things that she does with people and helping people run ads and Facebook and other things, and, and it's like, I love, I so love, you know, my heart was, Lord, I want to be a Joseph. I, I want to step through this treasure. I want to be someone whose provision creates ecosystems for the family around me. Not just, oh, they're coming to me. No. Here's, here's I mean, guys, we, we begin to create an ecosystem where there are prophets that have come through our trainings and through our world that were pastors and churches that did this same journey like us. Oh, many, many years, zero dollars, everything donation, everything free, the pain, being in debt, having nothing. We began to train them in a simple form, you know, like a, a, a procedure on how to create value around your time. We're not charging for prophecy. We're charging for the time people get to spend with us to have breakthrough. Prophecy is for free. Consulting is for free. We begin to create a framework on how people, there's many other things. But one gal, she's, she's, she, as soon as she learned this framework, a client that she'd had around, hey, I want you to start consulting for my company. You know, he, he, he's, he, you know she, she has a conversation with him. He's like, I want to pay you 40000 bucks to be my consultant. She's used to zero. She's went to 40000 bucks. Same person, same value was in the zero. Worked thousands of hours, deliverance, inner healing, for free. Over here, and there's time where you do for free, and it's a joy. And, so, and sometimes it ain't. How'd <laughs> you do it if the Lord's in it? She took the same skill set because it wasn't about the skill. It was about the mindset, the value. She didn't even fight for that. He's like, I want you to be my consultant. I'm going to give you 40000 bucks. Now she has multiples of those. She's going to Washington, D.C. She's ministering to senators in there. She's Guys, listen, that Luke 19, if you will understand the principle of multiplication, I will give you cities. There's something God wants to give us, but we have to catch a mindset around it first. 
We're thinking prayer is the answer. God's thinking, I'm praying that you'll become the answer. <laughs> Lord, what do you want to do tonight? You know what? I can't tell you what you need to do tonight because that would be a poverty spirit for you to wait on me. What do you need to do tonight to step into this right now? What does that look like for you? What should you do right now in this moment? Now, some of you might need to leave and go do something, whatever, but what can you do right now that begins to say, I am done with poverty? What should you do? Should you go give to somebody across the room here and sow into them? Should you stand? Should you worship? Should you say, God, I'm done with this? No more poverty in my family line. I'm going forward. I embrace who you say that I am. This is who that I am. Whatever it is, just begin to respond right now, guys. Whatever it is, it's about you knowing your value. He created. He died for you to know you were valuable. The price he paid for you determines your value. You're incredibly valuable. It's not arrogance we're stepping into here. It's not entitlement we're stepping into. It's a very humble posture to walk in the authority of someone stewarding wealth talents, abilities, and everything that God has given. At the end of the day, I still take all the wealth, all the breakthroughs, all the testimonies, and I throw them at God's feet, and I say, you get all the glory, Jesus. I honor you. I was taken care of when I had nothing. I'm taken care of when I have what I have in this season. You've always been faithful. The stuff does not own me. It is all about you, Jesus. I give you glory. I would give it all away in a second. If you want to move me back into a one-bedroom apartment, I would do it, Lord, because you're the king that I serve. God, it is not about me. It is about you, Lord Jesus, being glorified. If you want me to want me to be someone that stands before kings, I will do that too because they are just as poor as someone in the poverty-stricken third-world country, God. However you want me to be clothed, I will do that. If you want me to love my family, Lord, and value them and begin to honor them and begin to break their poverty spirit by sowing into them, by beginning to help them see their incredible value, I will do that, Lord. I determine tonight, Lord Jesus, this is a new day. We're stepping over the line. Lord, we are not going to say uh, hello anymore to poverty spirit. You're not my friend, poverty. You are not the one that I am comfortable with. Lord, I want to put on that cloak of many colors. I want that cloak restored, oh God. I pray that that be released over this place, God. Where our cloaks got ripped off, where the enemy ripped off, that favor, that sense of knowing that you had a destiny and you had a future and God had great things for you and then you got ripped off because of the poverty spirit of jealous brothers, jealous leaders, jealous people, or even yourself. And Lord, we forgive those. We forgive those. Lord Jesus, come on, just pray with me, guys. We forgive those. We're not going to be a bitter, offended person. We're not carrying that part of off uh, poverty anymore. I'm ridding myself of offense. I bless those who hurt me. I bless those who curse me. I bless those who took from me. I bless those who took and, and, and tried to sue and tried to rip off and tried to hold. I bless them. I release them. I release that. I say, you don't owe me a thing in Jesus' name. 
You don't owe me a thing in Jesus' name. I forgive you. You didn't know what you were doing to me because you were wounded yourself. I release and bless you. Come on, guys, pray it out. Release your own encounter with the Lord. I surrender today, Father, those rags, oh God, and I take up the garment of righteousness the garment of praise, the garment of sonship, the garment of authority. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without toil for it. Father, thank you, Lord, when you give a man wealth and possessions, enable him to enjoy it. This is the gift of God. Thank you, Father, you want a gift to us, things to steward. You want a gift to us, an identity that we then steward, and we work with you to increase. We're not lazy, God. We're going to work from a place of knowing we have a mindset, Lord Jesus, of kingdom expansion, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Heather, Margaret, you got any prayers? You got anything you want to declare? Thank you, Father. We just say enough is enough. Enough is enough, Father. Forgive us for seeing ourselves as grasshoppers. Forgive us for seeing the nation as an impossible task to turn around. Lord Jesus, for seeing our region as an impossible task to turn around, seeing our own city, our own family life, Lord, our own economy as impossible to turn around, forgive us to seeing ourselves as grasshoppers. Lord, we just repent, oh God, for not valuing who you said we are. God, and I ask that you would remind people of who you said that they are, even in prophecies of, that they've already received. Remind them, just like you told me, many millionaires will want what you carry. Now, guys, I have worked with Numbers and numbers of millionaires, but I'm still like, Lord, this is not many. I've now worked with dozens, and I've broken through, and I've broken through, and I've broken through, and I've fought hard to bust through that mindset, but I'm still like, God, this word is not fulfilled. Many millionaires will want what I have. It's not about me. It's about the word that he gave that I did not originate with being fulfilled. God, there's something in this word that you need me to embrace for your kingdom to come. And forgive us, Lord, for walking in false humility about the words you gave us. Forgive us for walking in false humility because we were afraid of what someone else would think about that thing you told us, oh God. Wow, there's keys coming back. There's keys God has given. Forgive us, oh God. We take back the keys of the kingdom, oh God. Oh! Jingle, jingle, jingle. We take back the keys. The keys, the keys, Lord, that whatever we unlock gets unlocked. Whatever we lock gets locked. We lock up poverty. We say, be gone in Jesus' name. We repent of it. We lock the door on you. Get out. Lack of value, get out. Fear, get out. Offense, get out. Worry, get out. Insecurity, get out. Jealousy, get out. We celebrate, Lord. We celebrate our brothers and sisters that get a step up before we've gotten a step up. We celebrate those that have breakthroughs where we do not have breakthroughs. Forgive us for being jealous of them. Forgive us for shooting people that have abundance and wealth and have gotten breakthrough. Forgive us for judging them, being critical of them. Lord, for we've shot ourselves in the foot. Lord, we repent of an offended poverty spirit, Lord Jesus, that's griping and complaining because someone else has gotten favor. And Lord, you were testing us with someone else's favor to see if we would have a father's heart and we would cheer on that son or daughter that got the breakthrough. Whether they were younger than us, older than us, or we didn't feel like they were as spiritual as us, Lord, forgive us, God, for judging, Lord, leaders at a national level. Forgive us for judging millionaires and billionaires 
And pastors that have incredible wealth, forgive us for judging. Oh, they're just taking up offerings. They're just living in mansions. Forgive us for judging them because we do not know their heart, oh God. Forgive us for a poverty spirit, Lord Jesus. I just got a testimony from a client of mine that I was doing a consultation with a couple of days ago. And Keith was talking about how this goes back to family. It starts with our families. And oftentimes, you know, we get these things that we've just been praying and repenting of because of the lineage or the heritage that we're a part of. And so I was walking through and praying with this young lady about just her this lack of power or this poverty spirit that she was dealing with and this fear that she was dealing with and the lord showed her just very clearly it started with your dad in this memory in this moment and she just started listing off all these different things that the lies that she started learning from that moment like growing up like with her dad and like just lies of protection and how you know he was afraid so he would keep her close and not let her do anything and she always wanted to be adventurous and she was like just almost like locked up in her house all the time and and then she realized that she as a mom she started doing those same things to her kids so we're we're praying through and we're having this breakthrough and God starts showing her all these things and she's like I need to forgive my dad I need to forgive him for showing me this way of life which is not true it doesn't line up with the kingdom so we pray through, she's repenting, the Lord starts showing her something, he gives her something in replacement of all these things, and he tells her, he's like, I want to be your protector, I want to be your provider. God starts showing her in this process, right? So I just get this message from her, and she said, Heather, she's like, you would not believe how free I am today because of what God showed through our consultation. And she's like, what happened in me I turned around and I asked my kids, I went to my kids and I asked them to forgive me and to re- I repented to them for showing up to them just the same way that my dad did. And she said there was massive reconciliation and breakthrough in her family. And it just goes back to it. So it's like if the Lord's showing you something, even in this time tonight and through this weekend, like ask him to show you the lies that you've been believing to be true. Because he's going to reveal them to you. He's going to reveal them because he doesn't want them to be there. He's truth. He is truth. Jesus is truth. And he reveals his truth and shines his light in the areas of our lives that, you know, are, are dark or hidden or just that we don't even know. Like some, she honestly did not know. She's like, I'm in relationships. I'm divorced. I couldn't figure it out with my husband. Like I couldn't, I can't figure out relationships. It's like, okay, well, if that's your scenario then ask the lord lord why what lie am i believing to be true you know what god is such a good father that he wants to reveal it because he doesn't want us to stay the same way we've been living for years so so father we just pray right now we just thank you that you are truth that you are revealing those things lord that are just blocking us from advancing, that you're blocking, that you're revealing things that are blocking the advancement of who we are in you, that you're blocking, you're not blocking, God, the things that are blocking, you're revealing truth, Lord, and you're opening things up even right now. It's like I just see the things like uncapping. It's like, oh, that's what I've been believing. That's what I've been believing. That's what I've been believing. 
It's like, no, I come out of agreement. So it's like you actually have to say it sometimes. I come out of agreement with a lie that God is my provider. provider. That's a lie. God is our provider. I come into agreement with the truth that God is my provider. And then he will make a way where there seems to be no way. You are good, God. That you are good, that you're faithful, that you're true. When we come into alignment with things in the spirit and we come into alignment with God's truth, then it's like going to the spiritual chiropractor. Everything in your body just starts to line up and you're like, whoa, this, this feels pretty good. Like I can move again. I can feel again. And it's like God unlocks our hearts. He unlocks our hearts by shedding his light and his love and his truth. Come on. When, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. But when I started moving from that poverty rescue me, someone give me mindset to an entrepreneur mindset. My wife wanted some new furniture. She started wanting to partner with that word from the Lord. <laughs> and so she this wanted this couch, and it's 5000 bucks or something. I said, Lord, I need 5000 bucks. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, what do I have in my hand that's worth 5000 bucks? What do I have to do that will create 5000 What What kind of, what, what do I have? And that was all I was thinking. I didn't even say anything. Got an email that same day. Lady's like, hey, heard you had a $5,000 school that I can buy. I want to buy it. I was like, I can get it to you that fast. You got something to work with? You can multiply that a million times. Sometimes we're thinking, should I give it here or should I give it there? It's, not, it's never here or there. It's, it's like, that's what the disciples, oh, man, we should have given this to the poor. It's like God has enough for the poor and for your needs and for those things that you want. He's so good. We spent so many years never taking a vacation. My wife finally got tired. I don't want to do any more ministry. I don't want to... I, alone, like, I don't want to just, just, that's everything that we have. I want to enjoy my life. I want to have a vacation. I want to have three vacations. And we couldn't afford any of it. It's never about if you can afford it. It starts in the heart. As your soul prospers, your health and finances will prosper. It was something in my wife's heart. It was something to me that just turned. It's like, you know what? You're right. I could see the pain in her eyes. I'm like, man, we're in this ministry mode of you just give, give, give. You work, work, work. You just do. You don't have. You just, you know, you're supposed to get it all in eternity. It's like, you know what? And you're just, your soul's dry and you're tired. And you're, eventually, it, 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 it we, some of us can take longer, but eventually it, it has an effect. It's just a shift of mindset. And we've, we've been doing three to five, six vacations a year now. Even if it's two or three days, sometimes it's a week. It doesn't really matter. It's like whatever's needed. There's not, it's not, it's like, it's, it's, it's a shift of mindset. God can get it to you, but you have to begin to have an, a mind. Oh, well, it's not, it's the vacation or it's giving over to, it's both. If you're like, it's all about the kids, I don't get anything, that's poverty, guys. You, if you're a parent and you don't ever take anything for yourself, just, just go and get a massage, ladies, or 
Just come on, Holy Ghost. Shaka came. She just got hit in the glory right there. See, that's her soul prospering. It's, there's, there's not spiritual or unspiritual. That is just as spiritual as giving to an orphanage in, in India. That's important too, but so is her. God has money for her, and that there is a limitless supply. And let me tell you, when, you, when, you, when your shoulders are a little looser, you're a little bit more relaxed, you're taken care of, your feet aren't hurting, you're going to release more of you. People are going to get a better you because you're not giving out of your pain. You're giving from this place of joy and, man, I'm loved and I want to love you because I started in pain and God has been good and I want to bless you with that. Because, guys, we give too quick. It's like I had to start learning. Let it first, let myself first learn to be loved. Let my wife be loved. Let her, let the pain of the journey start coming off. Let her begin to be pampered. Let me, you know, like, let it start here as our souls prosper. What happens when she gets taken care of a little bit more? What happens? Man, woo. We go on them vacations, woo. She go, honey, I love you, honey. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Her soul prospers. My soul prospers. My body prospers. <laughs> TMI, huh? And then what happens? Breakthrough starts coming. You're not feeling so stressed. There's, there's there an ecosystem where you begin to be blessed. And what do you want to do? I want to bless you. I want to bless the kids. I want to bless the friends. I want to bless my parents. I want to bless this person. I want to help them. It doesn't stop. Guys, this is not something that's all about me. It's a, it's a mindset that God makes. It will have an effect that blesses others. But there's a different way to get there than I think sometimes religion tells us how to get there. Oh, guys, whoa, we've had fun tonight, haven't we? Haven't we had a full day? Man, this has been a full day. It's like a fire hydrant all day. It's like I can't handle anymore. Well, man, we love being here with you guys. I just feel such a receptive heart here and such hungry people, such good people here. You guys are quality people. Just see that over yourself. See, just like, you know, God writes a new name on your forehead. Just ask him what that is. That's your identity. And yes, we see him as the provider, and Father, you're my provider, but you don't see him. He says, Keith, you have a grace of provision on you. Because like I said, we can still have poverty and see God. God, you're the one that has provision. Rescue me. No. As he is the provider. Now I want you to see Deuteronomy's 8.18, I've given you the power to create wealth and so confirm the covenant. I want you to begin to see that there's power that flows through you to create wealth. I'm like I'm a third-generation pastor. Like, I'm not trained in entrepreneurship. I'm not trained in this mindset. It's like, okay, if this is how God raised me up, he's not going to be like, well, you can't be blessed. You, you started in the priesthood. <laughs> he's got blessings for wherever you came from, for whatever's passionate on your heart. He has a way forward for you guys. It's not an occupation thing. If you have something in your heart, God wants to find a way to work that forward with you. So, Father, we just bless this beautiful people here tonight. And I pray for a a revelation right now to be unveiled. The beloved. Ask them right now, Lord, who do you say that I am? I want you to ask them, 
I know. Who do you say that I am? Father. Fathers bring identity. Father, who do you say that I am? And who have you been saying that I am that I have not been believing? What have you called me that I have not been believing? Forgive me, Lord, for not believing who you say that I am. You're no longer Simon, you're Peter. He changes the name. You're no longer Abram, you're Abraham. You're no longer Jacob, you're Israel. You're no longer just Gideon, you're the mighty warrior. Oh, just, just, just say it out, who you are to the Lord. Just say it out. Just begin to declare it out. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the one that prospers. Come on, say it out. Say it out. Break that, break that silence. I'm the one that stands before people of influence. I am valuable. Come on, what is it, guys? Just say it out. Praise you, Lord. We've given you a lot of tools. I'd encourage you to re-listen to this. Create, there's at least 10 keys in here to bust poverty for you. Just go after this. There's steps there you can take. And if you need a book on it, i got a couple books on unlocking and a bunch of the journey of entrepreneurship. So, man, bless you guys. I've loved our journey tonight. We hope to see you guys in the morning. For one more feast. Yeah, so good. So good, you guys. Thank you guys so much again for coming outside. There are so many amazing principles. I hope you guys will steward what's been given to you all weekend, right? Go back and watch the live stream. Go back and listen again. Take some notes. Pray and contend. Don't let this just be like just an experience, right? Like really there is a, a feast has been given to you in the spirit. If you haven't tasted and seen and experienced this weekend, like I'm full and overflowing. There's just such great stuff. And I've been around Keith for a long time, but just the Lord even just, again, reminders, reminders, reminders. We might think are just some, some little things, but these weren't just nuggets. Like these were, this was meaty stuff here, guys. There's major transformation that he brought and is bringing, and the Lord is just going to use it to launch you. And so I just encourage you, that principle of stewardship, when he said what's in your hand, just even the teaching this weekend, what God's been imparting to you, you're going to need some time to process and to pray. I may have told you on your own, I just feel it in the room. I just feel the depth of the, of the wisdom that was released. And so, again, if you guys will thank um, uh, Keith and Heather again, be a blessing to them. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.